It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.08 on a Saturday morning. You are listening to Lawn and Garden, and we're broadcasting live and shivering from the (laughs) Toco Hill. The Toco Hill Pike Nursery this morning. Mickey Gasway and myself will be here at 9 o'clock this morning, and you are welcome to come by. Admire all the beautiful plants at the Toco Hill Pike, as well as admire the lovely stack of Chick-fil-A sandwich biscuits, and we'll be delighted for you to come by and have breakfast with us this morning. Ask your important garden questions and learn a little bit more about gardening. Our number is 404-872-0750, and we are here, as I said, at the Toco Hill Pike Nursery, which is, you know, honestly, Mickey, I think the thing that I would consider is this is my nursery. It's closest to my house, and so I come to the Toco Hill most often to pick up my pansies and pick up my uh, um, azaleas and things like that that I want to buy. So It's it's a beautiful store. It really is. Absolutely gorgeous. So if you're worried that you've gotten too late to plant anything, let us disabuse you of that notion. It is time to plant now. Yes. And the pansies in particular, I think, are one of the things that everybody thinks of at this time of year, that if you've got a pansy, then uh, you have started celebrating the fall gardening season. That's right. And mums are beautiful. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. If we were talking, what was it, a week ago, two weeks ago, maybe I said that the mums were really tight and just Mm -hmm. hardly any blooms yet. Now the chrysanthemums at Pike Nursery have all just come out big, 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 big clumps of yellow and white and sort of a reddish rust and all sorts of crimson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Beautiful plants. If you want to come by and get some advice on what to plant, maybe a little bit of advice on how to design your landscape. You can come by and mostly talk to Mickey because I'm not so good at designing anything. But I can tell you whether or not the diseases that you have will be fatal or not. So we have a, a constant division of duties. Mickey Gasway, design. Walter Reeves, cooties. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. Uh, you didn't say that, but that's sort of my expertise. No. I was explaining to somebody not long ago, Mickey, about... Garden trips, you know, I take groups of gardeners sure. in various places around uh, Europe and others. And, and this person asked me, said, well, do you explain to them the taxonomy and the, all the important scientific things about each plant that you see on a trip? And I say, no, <laughs> a perfect garden is sort of boring to me, actually. I want to see problems. I want to see insects and diseases and cultural conditions and all sorts of things that interest me because that, frankly, is what this show is about. That's right. People call That's and they have problems. That's a real garden. Want them to be, yeah, exactly. They want to be a little bit um, educated about what's going on with their plants when the plants start failing and things like that. Again, if you got a failure that you want to talk about, 404-872-0750. Did you say, Mickey... That you had planted the pan- the wave pansies before? Yes. Had before? yes. And how, yes. how much do they spread? And probably, it, I think they say, do they say 30 inches or something, something like, like that? that mine didn't go yet. quite that far. Um, probably 18 inches. That 18, is great. I just planted yeah. mine for the first time a couple of weeks ago, I guess now. And uh, they have started. They're vigorous, and they've started a little bit of spread. But I wasn't quite sure what practical knowledge And they make great, like, spillers, like, yeah. on the edge. That's where I used them on mine. And uh-huh. somebody else told me they used them on the edge of a, a, a wall. Yeah. And they looked real good there. That so would, be that would be good. All right. So wave petunia, or wave pansies, I should say. Yeah. Are, uh, one cool of the wave. Sort of interesting plants. The cool wave pansies, produced yeah. by the same people who have 
the cool wave petunias during the summertime that grow two, three, three and a half maybe feet wide. You see big blinding flashes of red foliage when you have those wave plants that are planted around, I've seen mine most often around sub, uh, uh, subdivision entrances right. where they just need something that will go for a long time, doesn't need a whole lot of maintenance. And so the wave uh, petunias during the summer and now wave pansies during the wintertime make, uh, make it a way to have color in your garden even in the wintertime. I think one of the other things that I think about when planting pansies is the size of the root ball because that root ball has got to be pretty good, make yeah. it pretty big in order for the plant to, to uh, put out flowers and to take care of itself during the wintertime. But I will tell you, all right, take you guys away. Okay. I planted some regular pansies. It was just after the show last week, I think, that okay. I went to the pike and picked up some regular pansies, and I planted them. And every one of them has had significant damage to the leaves on the plant. And the only culprit I see crawling around are the little uh, sow bugs, uh, roly-polies, you know. Really? Yeah. And I am wondering if the sow bugs or the roly-polies do Does it damage. look like insect damage? It looks like something's chewed off the leaves, yeah. Oh, my and goodness. And they're little bitty. These are little bitty plants. And now, I haven't seen so any of that this year I'm all, very but. curious about what is causing the damage to my pansies. And my goal today is after I do the show here, I want to get some insecticide and spray it on the leaves to see if that doesn't help my pansies to survive the onslaught of, again, what I think are roly Polies, not slugs and not snails. Somehow, I don't don't think that is the uh, cause. I have looked for slime trails that you would normally see with slugs and snails, and haven't seen any slime trails on any of the plants around there. But I just see the leaves Fuck. being eaten up. And well, one of the problems happy. that I have seen is since it's gotten cooler is you need to really watch watering your pansies yeah. late in the afternoon yeah. because yeah. it does cause some problems. Yeah, so. cold weather, I think a yeah. lot of people know that, that pansies, when they are exposed to cold, they'll sort of shrivel up a little bit. They'll mm -hmm. dry out. The leaves will sort of creep yeah. up real good as they protect themselves. And once a little bit of sunshine comes and they open back up, but you're right, if but you don't you get, water them. If, but if you water them late in the afternoon and it's it's cool, you get gray mold. On oh, yeah, them, so exactly. So that, you got to be careful not to water, so water late in the, in the morning, day. Yeah, you yeah. want to be sure and water when the weather allows the foliage to dry right. off before before nighttime comes and that's the case for just about any kind of watering lawn right. watering landscape shrub small tree watering things like that you need to be sure that they're planted or the watered i guess after planted in a way that they dry off because one of the worst things you can do to a lawn is to water it at night mm -hmm. or maybe even in the late afternoon after about six or seven o'clock in the afternoon you have lots of water still left on the leaves of the fescue bermuda whatever and if they stay wet for a long period of time that just matches perfectly with the way that uh, various fungi get on the plants and on the leaves of the of the lawn area and they'll cause brown patch and various other kinds of diseases because they have an extended period of wetness we call it where they have a a, a lot of wetness and that causes the fungi to have a pretty hospitable home on the leaves of your plants and then you call the lawn and garden show and oh mr ray i've got this great big i've got this great big dead spots in my lawn what in the world could it be so we uh try our best to make sure this foliage on plant stays green if you're going to plant if you're going to water your lawn water it once a week and let it dry out just a little bit between waterings that makes a lot of sense speaking of lawns this is fescue planting time mm -hmm. 
And Pike has a number of blends and good, good, good varieties yeah. of fescue that people can uh, purchase and put in the lawns. And this is the ultimate best time of the year to plant fescue. Spring is Absolutely. second, but it would be nice to get it out in the Get those roots going before it yeah. gets hot yeah, yeah, yeah. with the fescue. The soil is still, I looked, uh, looked up a soil map yesterday to see how much, uh, how what the temperature was for the soil near this lady who had some issues that were related, mm-hmm. I think, to soil. And it was pretty quickly dropping down to 60 degrees and above 55 is where seeds will germinate right. below 55 seeds have a real hard time germinating in in that cool soil so the the, the arrow is downward right now it's not right. quite 55 degrees but it is certainly close enough that we need to be careful and get your fescue planting done now get your pansy planting done now get your mum planting done now get everything in the ground while the soil temperature is up a little high enough so that the roots of the plant can develop our number is 404-872-0750 on Lawn and Garden. It is almost time to take a break right here. We'll talk for just a minute about um, amaryllis because we were admiring the piles of amaryllis bulbs you got at Pike Nursery. And Mickey and I both, for the first time, have actually <laughs> done something that we have advised gardeners to do for a decade probably, mm-hmm. and that is to dig up amaryllis. So what have you done, Mickey? I dug mine up. I haven't. Mine were planted. I have an old clawfoot bathtub in my backyard, and that's where I had these planted. And they just got huge. I had them after last year, after they bloomed last year, I planted them. And I dug them up and let them lay out for two or three days in the garage, and then I trimmed them off. And that's where they're going to stay till I get ready to plant them or give them to somebody. So, so, all right. So, we've got the amaryllis that have been in the ground. They had big leaves mm-hmm. on them, looking real vigorous during the summertime. Right. That's what mine looked like. And so, around the 1st of September, maybe the first week of September, both Mickey and I dug them up, cut off the leaves, put them in a place to dry. And what do you do to make them flower? Again. I'll plant them. I'll plant them. I'll probably wait till usually about six weeks before I want them to, maybe not quite that long, before I want them to flower, and uh-huh. then I'll plant them. Either, I'll either put them in water or I'll put them in uh, soil. And you don't mean by planting, you don't mean planting them outside? No, not them outside. In, in no, in, inside for, yeah. to force them. My is, neighbors will be so impressed if I could get the amaryllis that I gave them. See, I gave my neighbors all amaryllis bulbs, and so when they would finished blooming and can, get sort of lanky, that's the ones that I collected back and planted back in, I guess it was April of this past year. That is year. a nice and person. Yeah. Do that. Again, if well, they, did theirs bloom outside or did they bloom inside? They bloomed inside. When oh, they yeah. Into that's what last, uh, did. Yeah. Winter season. And now that I have taken them and, for, and made them grow real good in my little garden right. outside and I take those bulbs up, then I can save a lot of money, Mickey, by giving oh, okay. them back to the neighbors okay. and say, hey, do you remember Amaryllis you had last year? Here's one just like. How are you going to keep up with which one you gave to who? Well, they're all the same color. Oh, so it's not going to be a problem. Yeah, I got, got all the same color. So that's what I'll do. We will find out whether my neighbors are happy or not. Yeah. Right now it is 618. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. We're broadcasting live from the Pike Nursery at Toco Hill. we got the Chick-fil-A sandwiches and a lot of happy people already enjoying breakfast. Our number is 404-872-0750. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slate, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be a sunny, beautiful day all over Atlanta. 
Temperatures today in the high 60s, not going up a lot from where it is right now, and lows overnight in the mid to low 40s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Our first caller this morning, Kelly, joins us. Hey, Kelly, good morning. Kelly. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, now we hear you. Hey, hey Kelly. Okay, great. Hi. Hi, my question is I have some blueberries that aren't doing too well, so I was going to transplant them. And I figure the problem is the pH of the soil because it's 6 to 7 where they're at. So I'm right. mixing up soil and adding all these things to reduce the soil before I plant it. But every time I test the pH, the, 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 it doesn't reduce it much. So I, I don't know what else to add. It's, it is really tough to get soil to both yeah. lower and raise pH because soil has a natural ability to resist or to buffer, they call it, buffer the change in pH by putting a little bit of this or a little bit of that or peat moss or something like that. So uh, aluminum oh, sulfate, Mickey, no, no, sulfate that. is what uh -huh. I would use. But you don't want to do it too much too fast. Because you can, you can mess yourself yeah, you up. Yeah, aluminum sulfate, the other name is alum, which yeah. I used to use when I was a kid, when I'd cut myself, when I was shaving when I was a teenager. I remember you have a little styptic pin, I think is what they call it, styptic pin alum? of alum that you put on oh. the little places where you, where you cut yourself. But uh, alum now comes in little bags. You can get it from Pike Nursery, of course. And you mix it up according to the label directions and apply it in the area where you're going to put your blueberries, and that'll lower the pH, not immediately, but it'll lower it gradually over the next year or so. Okay. Alum Usually, if you've got pine trees growing in the area, you've got pretty acid soil. Have you actually tested yeah, the Yeah, I think Kelly said the beginning. Yes. You tested oh, okay. It. I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. get my headphones on. Was it 6.5 or so, Kelly? It's about 6.5. Yeah. And I was, before I was planting that, I was mixing it up in a, in a wheelbarrow before I planted. Right. You know, so I could get it right. And um, I think alum, or add a little bit of sulfur, and by sulfur we mean the yellow powdered sulfur. Right, and I and I don't know if you get that at Pike anymore, Mickey. You used no. to be able to get it. Yeah. Ours just says aluminum sulfate, and that's yeah. that's, that's kind your of recommendation. The norm. That's what you may be able to find powdered powdered uh, sulfur at drugstores or someplace like that. I know you can order it online from Amazon. And, and, and I've things. added powdered sulfur. That's one of the things I've added. It didn't do anything. Oh, you have. Okay, good. Well, yeah. it again is not going to be fast. It'll be pretty slow. But eventually the pH will lower down, and that is what blueberries want. They absorb nutrients a whole lot better when you have a pH that's a little bit lower than most landscape plants are comfortable with. So if you keep it down into the 6 to maybe 5.5 pH, then the blueberries are able to absorb the iron and the nitrogen and everything else much, much more efficiently. And then okay, that's well, why I'll try those two, peat moss and alum. And give yourself time. Give, you, um, give yourself... Yeah, we usually say six months to, to do it any weather, whether you're raising it or lowering yeah, it. Yeah, it'll take a while. Kelly, we got to oh. go, but I do appreciate the call. Thanks okay, so much. thank you so much. We'll see Bye -bye. you. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Pike Nursery at Toco Hill. we got the Chick-fil-A biscuits right here. We're happy to have you with us. We'll be back right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. And we're broadcasting live from the Pike Nursery at Toco Hill this morning at intersection of La Vista and... North Druid Hills and a whole bunch of other roads around here. Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery is here with me. We're here to answer your garden questions both in person or by phone. 
Our number is 404-872-0750. And you can call us and ask questions, or better yet, come enjoy some Chick-fil-A sandwiches and the opportunity to uh, get our, they're not sandwiches, that's right, they're biscuits. Excuse me. I get the Chick-fil-A sandwich when I go to Chick-fil-A, but the Chick-fil-A biscuit is what we have this morning. But the other thing that I think is great and very, very possible that you might win is the uh, uh, Chateau Elan gift certificate that allows you and a friend and hopefully a spouse or partner, somebody you like, to come to Chateau Elan for a getaway. And only the people who come to this broadcast will be in the barrel that we'll turn around and around later in the show. And so only the folks who come have a chance to win, not any of our listeners, but just people who come to the Toco Hill Pike Nursery. So if you want to take your chance at getting to go to Chateau Elan with somebody fun, then that would be That'd be what you want to do. Come see us this morning. 404-872-0750, the number at Lawn and Garden. Debbie is in Canton, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Debbie, good morning. There she is clicking in, Debbie. Not hearing Debbie anywhere. Let's go to the next caller. Do we have Nancy? Nancy asking about her hydrangeas. Hey, Nancy, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Hey, we're doing great. How can we help? Um, I have, my favorite thing in the whole world is hydrangeas, and I am trying to, um, I've got some that transplanted, and I bought some last year that were really big, they were just kind of scraggly, but big, but anyway, what I want to know is when should I prune these to make them look nicer, and what do I put on them? The first step always is figuring out which, which hydrangea you have because different species of hydrangeas, we all lump them together and say, oh, they got a hydrangea, but... Do you know this is is this a common mop head, the blue, the pink? Yeah. Is that what you have? Yeah. All right, that's easy enough. Mickey, what do you say? What do you say about pruning hydrangeas? And after they bloom the first time, usually in June is when I prune mine back. I prune mine July 4th, so a little okay, bit later than you. But there, that gives you something to sort of tell people to do at certain times of the year. But for the mop head hydrangeas, the latest you need to be blooming is or you need to be pruning is probably mid to late July. If you go any further than that and do pruning during the fall or during the winter, then they don't make any bloom buds for next year's flowers. So you have to not prune them after about the middle of July. Also, if you've got one some of the repeat bloomers like the, uh, uh, endless, endless summer, summers, yeah, you need anyway. to prune those a little bit earlier. And there's so many of those out there now that about, and I can't remember which I've got. I'm real bad about <laughs> not labeling things. And I don't know which ones are Nico Blues and which ones are Endless Summers. So I, bloom, I prune mine all right after they, mm -hmm. they get through bloom, usually in June. And then I if do I, anything then I'll to, I'm sorry. Should I do anything for the um, coming up winter? Um, some of the leaves are turned, got spots on them. You know, they're just kind of brown spots all over them. Boy, all of us yeah, have they that all problem. Do that. Yeah, they, they just do. Okay. do. Don't worry about it. Unless you're a member of the Hydrangea Society, which has the perfect leaves on every hydrangea. And they're coming to your house. To your house. No. <laughs> yeah, okay, don't worry. Thank you. thank you so much. Hey, man, it's great talking to you, Nancy. Thanks so much for calling. Okay, we got Matt on the line. Matt comes to us from Carrollton, Georgia. Hey, Matt, good morning. Good morning. Uh, my wife's you? birthday is coming up, and I wanted to plant some. Uh, I wanted to plant azaleas in the backyard. She's not crazy about them, so yeah. anything that would plant that's got some kind of color to it, uh, and dirt that produces weeds and quartz rocks—that's about all I can grow right now. <laughs> this is a frustrated gardener, and yes, the, his whole like relationship it. is on the line. He's got to have something interesting to. 
plant in the shade and rock and sorry soil there. So, Gasway, you got any ideas? I would definitely look at some hellebores, which can be treated like yeah. a small shrub or almost ground coverage. I love those. Uh, Say that one more time. What is it called? Lenten rose, hellebores. Hellebores. And they would bloom. You could plant those now, and they'd bloom pretty soon. Probably they usually so, bloom yeah. uh, in, during Lent. You won't find a huge plant at nurseries. I mean, the plant of hellebore that, that Pike sells is about a foot tall. Yeah. But like Mickey says, they will get bigger over time. So, And blooming in the wintertime during usually February is a Evergreen. great plant. Yeah, yeah, almost bulletproof. I mean, they really will take as long as you've got oh, good cool. drainage. Bulletproof is perfect. That's what yeah. I mean, because I yeah. have the design <laughs> capability of a two-by-four, so that's great. Thank yeah. you very much. Let me, let me ask another question, Matt. Do you Would you be interested in a shrub that has green leaves and little golden speckles all over it, which Ooh, yeah. I, I don't know if a cougar oh, would yeah. stand that much shade. How much shade do you I, I, get? Is there any sunshine, Matt? Any at all? Yeah, there's sunshine. I've, it's, there's trees back there that we that I like, and I got rid of yeah. all the brush. So there's it's there is some sunshine. Um, yeah. Half my yard, I'd say, is is pretty shaded. The other half is pretty open, but. I, I can't grow nothing. So Mahonia? Mahon oh, yeah. Mahonia, and that smells wonderful. That Ma would be another good Mahonia, smelling one M-A-H-O-N-I-A. Mahonia is a possibility. And the reason I was asking about the speckled leaves is because I'm looking at a big group <laughs> of Akuba here at Pike Nursery, and the Akuba would do you know, a lot of times not great. They're not going to grow to 10 feet tall or anything, but Akuba in the shade could actually be a, be a suggestion you could use because they come bigger than the hellebores do in the pond. And also so uh, oak leaf hydrangeas. Uh, Mahonia, oak leaf hydrangea, Akuba, and the hellebores. I think you got four right there. You should be able to make something to make your wife happy. Heck yeah. Thanks, guys. All right, Matt. <laughs> Matt, thanks for calling. See you soon. Our number is five is eight seven two zero seven fifty. Let's get AC. AC is incoming. George and joins us. Good morning, Walter, AC. Walter, hey, I man. knew I was calling the wrong time of the year. I got that question. Hostels. That's what the, the person that answered the phone said. I have some beautiful hostas. Uh, I keep forgetting when to thin them out. They're, they're, they're beautiful. Uh, they come back yeah. every year. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but, and, and they're in the right place, and they get everything they need. I just need to know when to divide them up so that I can spread them out some more. My answer is when they're in the spring, they send a little whirl of leaves out of the ground two or three inches high. That's okay. when I do mine. Do you, you I do disagree? mine in Mickey? the fall. All right, Mickey do does hers in the, in the fall. Because I, I can't ever remember. You can tell. <laughs> uh, the reason I do it is because I let them get too big in the spring. I yeah. go out there one day, and it's a little whirl, and yeah. then when I'm going to do it, it's too tall, and then they flop over. So, But spring's yeah. probably a better time, but I'm just... But I am not going to disagree with fall either one. There are times, you know, there's better, best, and okay times to do various chores in the garden, and it's better to do it, I think, in the spring. But it's, there's no particular harm done to the plant if you do it in the fall, even though all the leaves will probably flop over and dry out in the next week or so after you do it. The root system that's underground will come back with great leaves next year. Well, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. It's uh, great talking to you. Thanks for calling, Matt, uh, AC. Phyllis is out in Hampton, Georgia, in Henry County, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Phyllis, hey, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Hi, Mickey. I have a Susquehanna camellia that has probably been growing in my yard since 1993. I'm the wow. second owner of my house. Yeah. It is a, I, prune, I trim it down. 
Um, but it is growing tall. It reaches one of the gutters of my house. I'd like to prune it down, if possible, without damaging the bush between four and five feet to make it more manageable for me to trim it every year. I need to know two things, please, sir. One, is it safe to prune it down that much? And two, when is the proper pruning, not trimming, but actual pruning uh, season for that? Well, like with hydrangeas, it's important to figure out which kind of camellia you have before we advise when to prune. So the operative question, I guess, is, is it blooming? She said it's the same. Okay. If it's the same, they should be blooming right now, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So after it finishes blooming, it'll finish blooming sometime in early December or so. That is when you can prune. And frankly, I think camellias, given a healthy one, you could prune them pretty severely, even up to the gutters now, down to four or five maybe feet tall. You could do it any time between mid-December, I guess, all up to the last couple of weeks in February. I think it would be fine. You could prune them then because they've already bloomed. You've enjoyed what you want to see on them every year. And right now it's just... Can I kill two birds with one stone and also uh, prune my crepe myrtle during the same uh, week that I prune down the camellia bush? I wouldn't. Yeah, what do you think, Mickey? I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I think that's a little... I'd rather little, wait and do that. Yeah, let's wait until cold weather really, really comes and arrives, January, February for the crepe myrtles. But um, okay. as far as for the, for the camellia, yeah, I think it'll be fine because it has leaves on it. Crepe myrtles don't have any leaves on it. The camellia could recover a little bit during the wintertime after pruning, whereas the... Uh, okay. Crepe myrtle, I think you're probably better off to wait till late weather. All right, wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, it's great talking to you, Phyllis. Thanks for calling. In Ball Ground, Georgia, John resides, and he has a question about rhododendrons this morning. So welcome to Lawn and Garden, John. Good morning, Walter. Thank you. Morning. How can we help? Uh, I have a couple of rhododendron bushes, and one of them has died. It look, limbs just fall off of it, like borers have eaten through it. Yeah. And another one, a big limb just came down off of it, and... What do I do about that? <sighs> yeah, right. The heavy side, because there's so many things that would cause a rhododendron not to be happy. There are root rots that get on them. There are various borers that get in the stem and would cause the limbs to flop out on you. So a lot of times I have to rely on the caller to say, have you seen anything like this? Does the symptom look like this? So let me ask you first, Does it? do the leaves just sort of wilt at first and then gradually the limb dies and falls away? Or does the limb break cleanly at a place where it's been weakened? What do you think? It, they seem to just turn brown, then the, leaf, the whole limb just fell off. And when you pick it up, it's hollow inside. Oh. Could be a borer. There are bore stem borers that get into uh, azaleas and rhododendrons. Um, how long has it been in the ground? Just give us a little history on it, too, John. Oh, uh, about 10 years. Okay, so it's well established yeah. and it's not in a place that sets water every time it rains no. or it's no, really it's dried out or something like that. No, it's been blooming pretty much, you know, every year, real nice blooms on it. And like I said, this year I noticed uh, a dead branch in it. When I went over to pick it up, it was completely yeah. cut off at the bottom. And you All right, so there's just, just one, one branch in fe- that's uh, affected here, not the whole plant, just that right. one branch, right? Right. Eh, I'm leaning towards wait and see, you know, take an aspirin and <laughs> you take the aspirin and then we'll wait and see together for another two or three weeks and then we'll see if anything else you know, wilts and falls and dies and all that kind of kind of stuff. But my feeling is that you don't have anything major serious if it's not the whole plant involved in, in death and dying and drying. So 
Man, well, take an aspirin. Let's like, call me back in sometime in November, well, late one November. Well, the ones is completely dead, and the big one, which is probably five, six feet tall, it mm. just one branch fell off of it. No, so the big, the other one's the one that died then, right? right. The little bitty one. I'm still not sure of what it is, so rather than give you a wrong answer and make you go out and yeah. buy product and spray it and all that kind of stuff, I think still we're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait a couple of three weeks and see what goes on. You wouldn't do this with your child. You wouldn't do this with yourself. <laughs> but for us with plants, we can wait a little while and take oh. care of it. So yeah, that's what I think you should do. Just wait. We'll see what happens. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I'll see what happens then. You bet, John. Hey, man, thanks for calling. <laughs> 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. broadcasting live from the Pike Nursery at Toco Hill. A very enthusiastic and well-fed audience has already gathered here. We'll be back right after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be a very nice day, a little bit on the cool side. Highs today in the high 60s, but sunshine everywhere, so you won't get really cold outdoors. Lows overnight in the mid to low 40s, so watch out. Bring a jacket if you're going outside today. The full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Sandy is with us. Sandy joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Sandy, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. So I have this old hillside heirloom garden I'm trying to reclaim, and it's got a lot of different things that come up at different times, so I don't want to use any chemicals or anything. Okay. And my question today is, I have these, you know, the normal fall weeds, like ragweed, stuff like that? Sure. I I forgot what the name of the one is that has a... Yellow poofy stuff on the top of it. Goldenrod. <laughs> Goldenrod. <laughs> I like the d- poofy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the question. poofy yellow <laughs> goldenrod plant. Sure. What about it, Sandy? So what I'm trying to determine is, can it? Can I pull? If I pull that up by the roots periodically where I see it, will that stop it from coming back, or does it come back from the seeds from the poofy yellow stuff? Both. Both. It's, it grows very nicely into large clumps when I was driving to Savannah last week. There were huge clumps of goldenrod along the expressway on I-16. And so it does come up from the roots, I guess, mostly, but certainly the seeds can be scattered about and you get more goldenrod from the seeds, too. But the vast majority, I could just pull up by the root ball and then yeah. when some comes back from seeds, I could just, like, get those out. I think so. You'll have a self-perpetuating, continual motion machine out there making the rag, uh, the uh, golden rod. So yeah, you'll be fine. Dig up some, leave the seeds to sprout next year. You'll have a bunch, a bunch of stuff. And your bees will love you. Oh man, yeah, bees do love golden rod. Yeah. That, but there's so much of it everywhere else around here that I, I didn't feel bad about that. <laughs> don't feel, nah, feel bad don't at feel all. Don't feel bad. We got to go though, Sandy. But thanks for calling. Great talking to you. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Pike Nursery at Toco Hill. You can join us. I have Chick-fil-A biscuits, not sandwiches, biscuits that we have right here for people who come in and uh, enjoy them. Do appreciate our sponsors from Chick-fil-A for helping us out this morning. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news.